You're listening to The Greatest Gift Podcast, where we empower and uplift parents by reminding them why they chose to give their children the gift of homeschooling. Our goal is to reframe and redefine the stereotype of homeschooled kids as we highlight the positives and explore the negatives with honesty and hope. to the greatest gift podcast we are so happy to have you here i am your good old podcast boy jay <laughs> and i'm free and i'm just along for the ride <laughs> <laughs> you're just a regular podcast I'm, I'm just here regular podcast lady yes you know so today is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode we're kind of entering our crazy season here at the office and brie is about to direct a show yes well we've been directing it for Oh, goodness. It's the show we were supposed to do last summer, but then COVID. So uh, we've been working on this for a long time. But yes, our show is finally coming up in like a week and a half. And so we're pretty busy. But you know what? We love this podcast. We are still going to make it a priority. So here's a little mini episode for all of you people. So this episode is going to be all about sensory breaks. Yeah. um, Also known as sensory diets. Uh, I think this is going to be pretty helpful for people and another just little piece of encouragement because it takes out kind of that traditional school element like the pressure of that and lets you enjoy your day a little bit more. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. But before we do talk about sensory diets and sensory breaks, I think you have a quote for us. Yes. Yes. Quote of the day. Uh, This is from Penelope Leach. For a child, there is no division between playing and learning between the things he or she does just for fun and the things that are educational. The child learns while living, and any part of living that is enjoyable is also play. Kind of a kind of a maze of a sentence there, but... Yeah, kind of a run-on. Yeah, but I'm into it. Yeah, it's good, right? <laughs> yeah. um, I also, it says, you know, it talks about a child and how play is learning for a child, but let's be real, I don't know that that ever ends at a certain age. You know, when I'm out and having fun, even directing a play, it's a form of play, right? (laughs) I'm learning things all the time. So if you end up having a day where you had planned to work on vocabulary words and you had planned for them to fill out their multiplication sheet and most of the day ends up just being spent outside building forts, that's okay because usually they're learning something even doing that. Totally. So that really gets us directly into our topic for today, and Bree, can you just tell us a little bit uh, for the people who are maybe not very uh, smart, like me, <laughs> who didn't go to college for like 100 years to oh, learn about like, you know, how kids do their stuff, what is a sensory break? Okay, so um, no worries, you're not stupid if you hadn't heard of it before. I actually didn't even learn this in grad school. I uh, do a lot of outside research just because I'm interested in development and human beings. And uh, that's human beings, not human beans, just to clarify. Sometimes my enunciation is a little bit sloppy. Now that's the content we deserve in a junior episode. (laughs) Let's talk about human beings. Um, So it's something that I kind of just got really interested in and have been researching more and more. Um, And it definitely does go into all of the stuff that I learned in graduate school. But whenever we talk about a sensory diet, it's talking about 
you know, when you hear the word diet, you think of eating regularly and eating healthy, right? That's what a diet is supposed to be. So a sensory diet is also a process that you regularly implement and it's supposed to help you be more healthy as a full person and it's specifically helpful for kids and the reason it's a sensory diet is because it involves a lot of their different senses. Specifically, um, it usually revolves around the sense of touch and kinesthetic things, but it can also involve other senses like smell and auditory things. So, the way this works is basically throughout a school day, you do sometimes have to do those multiplication sheets. And sometimes you do need to sit down and read a book. Um, you know, I think a lot of times in this podcast, we talk about all the fun outside things and doing more active stuff. And that's so important. Um, but we don't totally throw out the concept of sitting down and doing your schoolwork as well. Uh, they're both important. And so basically a sensory diet is involving both um, and prioritizing the breaks, but not just, hey, go outside for a minute or go watch an episode of your favorite show. Sensory diets are very um, specific and uh, purposeful. Yeah, like what would a sensory break even look like? Okay, so uh, good question. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, it can be a lot of different things. Some of the most easy ones to do that don't require any supplies, just using your body, jumping jacks. Jumping jacks can be a great thing to do. You can literally take one minute and just run in place or do jumping jacks or some sometimes it's good to take a lap around the house um so getting your body up and going and what's interesting is you know you would think well this is good for their body right but it's also really good for their mind because they're able to take a break we've talked about mindfulness before on this podcast and the more you can involve your body and what your mind is thinking the better it is right it's connecting your your heart and your mind and your body. So our bodies are important. They are valuable. And so anytime you can connect your spiritual aspects, your mind and your heart with your body in a healthy way, that's so good. And so helping kids process their feelings if they're frustrated or if they're overwhelmed by school, go run for a minute. Um, there are also some more creative things. You can get a yoga ball and bounce on the yoga ball. Um, you can use jump ropes. There's a lot of different things and it doesn't all have to be super active either. You know, stress balls are really helpful. And sometimes you can use stress balls or fidget spinners and things like that. Even while you're doing school, uh, you don't even have to take a break to do those things. But the breaks are very important. Yeah, I was reading here in your notes about how... Children ages three to nine need a break like every 15 minutes, yeah. which seems, you know, when I read that, I'm like, wow, that's so frequent. But also I kind of think I need a break every 15 <laughs> right. minutes. Right. Well, and you know, this is again, another topic that we don't have to delve into, but a lot of kids are overdiagnosed with ADHD. That is a very common thing. A lot of kids are on medication when in reality... They're totally normal. They just aren't getting the breaks that they need, right? And so it's, it is normal for a seven-year-old kid, especially boys. Boys tend to be more hyperactive than girls at this age. Um, it's totally normal for them to not be able to focus after 15 minutes of reading, after 10 minutes of reading. Yeah. Um, and we are in a culture where, you know, you're scrolling through your phone and every time your thumb scrolls up, it's something new. It's something new. We watch TV and there are commercials, 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 something different every 30 seconds. And so our brains are trained for a change. 
we need a change. Oh, this is boring. It's been one minute and I'm bored. Um, that's because we are so programmed now in our society that something new has to happen very frequently, very fast. And so that's something that is cultural, but when you add the culture and the age range, of course they're not going to sit still for 30 minutes. And that's okay. Instead, I think the important part is that you're a part of that break because that's when it gets crazy. When it gets crazy is when mom doesn't want them to take a break and they're not listening and they're going to take a break however they want to. But if instead you can take control of that moment and make a recommendation, let's do this. Um, I see you need a break. Let them feel seen. Let them feel heard. I see that you're not able to pay attention. What can we do? Let's take three minutes and do something active and then we'll come back. And so instead of feeling out of control when they jump out of their seat and do what they want to do, instead take control and be a part of that break. Um, and that will help you feel like they're not overly hyperactive and need to be on medication. Um, instead, it'll be like, oh, okay, I'm reading them. I see that it's time for us to do something together. Again, I always feel like I need to mention this disclaimer. I'm not saying that ADHD does not exist. It 100% does. And I'm not saying that every single kid should not be medicated. There is a time and a place for that. Every kid is different. Um, so definitely, if you feel like there's something bigger going on, please talk with your doctor. Um, I'm not saying that's never the case. I'm just saying in general, breaks are a good thing, and it's normal for kids to need breaks. Nice. Can you remember any specific ways that you were able to take breaks like growing up as a young child? Sure. Um, for me, a lot of times it didn't even so much have to do with being physically active. It had to do with me just changing up my location. And again, this might also be something that has more to do with girls versus boys because I think a lot of times the boys do need more physical activity. But for me, a lot of times it was um, my sensory thing. I'm not even kidding. My mom has pictures of this, of me going outside, sitting on a... We had, for a while in our backyard, we had a pile of bricks. Like, they were... It wasn't really a pile. Like, they were nicely organized, a big stack of bricks. And I would go sit on that big stack of bricks with my cat. So my sensory thing was petting my cat, right? I'm a cat in my lap and I would be reading a book. A lot of times that's how I would study and that's that would be my reading time. Now for math, again, we've talked about my math struggles, but I would usually sit at the kitchen table with my mom to do math. Um, and a lot of times when I was doing like literature, other reading things, or um, if I was filling out a workbook, a lot of times I would do that even on the couch. Um, and so for me, I very rarely stayed in one place all day long. I would just move around and that change in location would really help me. Uh, so that was for me. For my sister, a lot of times it was taking a break and playing with Legos. Again, nice. another sensory thing. So it doesn't always have to be big movements and running. It can be very small tactile things like playing with Legos, playing with Play-Doh. Um, those are all really good things and they also you know, help build your your muscles and that's important too because if kids are playing with legos they're playing with clay they're strengthening their hands and then writing is going to be easier nice and so um that's another thing a lot of times around the age of six or seven you know you're trying to get your kids to write their write their names write their words um and some of them aren't ready for that and it's frustrating you can't figure out why they're not ready for that because intellectually they know what an a looks like and intellectually they're able to identify different words and sight words and things like that but they're having trouble actually writing that's not always a learning disability sometimes it is but often it's that they don't have the hand strength 
to hold the pencil correctly and write correctly. And so things like other tactile activities can help build those muscles and it doesn't feel like work for them, it's play. And then later their hands are stronger and they're able to write. Um, so that's another connection that a lot of people don't know about and that can be pretty helpful. Yeah, I can think of very specifically for me, like I'm not sure if this is the same thing that you're talking about, but I can remember very specifically for me listening to audiobooks in headphones while kicking a soccer ball into like a goal area over and over and over yeah, just bouncing a soccer absolutely. ball into the goal. That's also that's also part of a sensory diet. Implementing things where you're still doing quote unquote school and doing something physical that allows you for kind of a brain break. Uh, some people call a sensory diet brain breaks because it just means that your main thing that you're doing isn't about what your brain is doing. It can be about what your body's doing. That's really good. And even things like tummy time, you know, little yeah. babies are supposed to have their tummy time at a certain age. Uh, but even for teenagers, it's good to like go outside, put down a picnic blanket, lay on your stomach and read. Um, anything that switches up what your body is feeling in a positive way. Um, can really also help your mind. Nice. Um, all right. Well, pretty short up, <laughs> but I think we should go ahead and call it here. Okay. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, y'all. I hope you're going to be back with us next week. We'll be back with mm, probably another full episode. Might <laughs> we'll be see, another hopefully. junior. We'll see how it works out. Let us know if you are like junior episodes are dumb. I need more content. Internet content. Or if you are like, hey, I also need to implement a sensory diet and I need more breaks. So junior episodes are perfect for me. <laughs> Let us know. We can do more of these. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out, y'all. Um, email us if you want to at thegreatestgiftpodcast at gmail.com. You can ask any questions or give us any topics. Tell your friends about us. Yeah, you know we love that. <laughs> Tell your friends about the show. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.